Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday. Happy almost end of August Saturday. Oh, my goodness. End of August. I cannot believe that this has happened this quickly. You know, it's kind of how I felt when I turned 50. Look in the mirror and I think, I can't believe this has happened so quickly. And it feels like there's a quick slide downhill and then some time in the ground after that. But that's kind of what it feels now. Summer's almost in the ground. (laughs) I know that's not a terribly great way to start a Saturday. I hope you've all had a great summer and are living the dream. But I suspect even if you've had a spectacular summer, you've probably, like most of us, have felt the pinch of the economy. You know, money's tight. We all know it. We're all feeling it. And right now on this segment or maybe this next couple of segments, what I want to do is try to help anybody out there who's looking at their home and thinking that they'd like to make some changes, but maybe they're low on funds. Well, right now I'm in the studio with interior designer Andy Yates from Andy Yates Design. And Andy, that's your job. You're going to help us do all of that. Thanks for being here. Yes, thank you very much, Dan. I appreciate being back. So before we get into all of the things that I want to talk about, why don't you kind of introduce yourself again to the listeners? Not everybody catches us every week. You've been on before. But what do you do? Why are you worth listening to? Uh, well, that's the million-dollar question, is, right? I, I don't know if I can answer that for everyone. Uh, <laughs> but I am, as you said, um, by education and training, an interior designer. I've been working in this field first in Chicago for about 10 years and now here based in West Michigan for the same amount of time, roughly. I work on residential and commercial interior projects as sure. well as working with architects and builders for uh, architectural design, exterior material selections, And custom furniture, essentially anything clients really ask of me, if it's in the realm of design Mm -hmm. and I can do it, I'll try. All right. If not, I'll find the right people. Perfect. So a lot of experience. We love having you on the show. But Andy, let's dig into what I want to talk about right now. Of all the spaces in the home, the kitchen is really probably one of the ones that has the most impact, the most potential to make a big impact on how our homes work, how we feel about being in the homes. But it also really can be a major investment when we get down to it. Now, I was just pulling up some articles and HGTV, let's just grab that one, puts the average cost, you know, it depends on the area where you're located, but the average cost between 14000 and 40000 And that's for just, you know, a medium-ranged redo of that kitchen. Depending on the area, it could be more. And if the remodel's bigger, I mean, it could push into the hundred thousands, depending on what you're all doing. So huge expense. With that said, we need to spend our money wisely. And that's why you're here. As a design expert, you've seen a lot of stuff. You've got a lot of materials that you're aware of, things that you'd love to use, things that maybe you think you could skimp on. And that's, I guess, what we want to really dig into is just imagine that you're talking to a bunch of people who maybe came to you and said, hey, we want to change our kitchen, update it, make it look a little better, make make it function better for our family. Money's tight. How can you help us do this as economically as possible? You know, where would you cut corners maybe to save money? And then on the flip side, what are the things you absolutely would never cut corners on? Or these are the things you have to invest in. I'm looking for really anything. The materials that you love to use that really have value All of that. I just want to have an open-ended conversation. It's not really a first, second, third step kind of a thing. It's more just how would you help a client who presented you with those considerations through the process? Yeah, that's a really great question and a great topic of conversation, especially because as we know, 
markets and the economy can be cyclical. And when things are going really well and people are spending more because they have more,、mm-hmm. obviously I see budgets increase, and I also see clients. Wants and needs columns shift so that they feel as though the things they want but maybe couldn't afford previously they now can. It slides into the need column and vice versa.、Uh, when it seems like we're all being a little bit more conservative with our budget because、sure. we're unsure about the future. So when I talk to clients about value engineering projects, we do always start with a very honest conversation about the budget because it's probably the most important step in the process. When you really understand honestly. Where you're comfortable with your budget and what your true spend is, I like to then assess the why. So if a client comes to me and says, you know, we love your work, we would really love to hire you. We're not sure we can afford a full design package because we're on a limited budget. You know, why do you want as a client to renovate your home? What really is the impetus for this? So for some clients. It's shorter term, and some it's longer, and that's really where I like to drill down initially to ask about what you're going to value. Kitchens, as you said, are really important rooms in the house. They require all of the trades when you're remodeling: so plumbers, electricians, carpenters, and very specialty trades: tile, stone. Plus, you have some very big ticket items in your kitchen. Your countertops, specifically appliances, are huge. But as with any project, I'll start with function. How does this kitchen work for you, and how does it not? Where are your pinch points, and where do you want to see a lot of value? So, because we're in the kitchen and we're preparing food, we're cleaning,、uh, we're prepping, we're entertaining. It's an all-in-one space, right? That serves multiple functions. So. If we break it down with clients, generally fifty percent of your budget is going to be labor. The other fifty percent materials. Where can you save both? Obviously,、mm-hmm. if you're very handy or you have friends and family that are willing to chip in、sure. and help with that, the labor portion, if you can reduce that, is going to be a huge cost savings. I'm a little bit hesitant to recommend that everyone DIY a kitchen remodel, but of course, if you're patient, and that's probably the most important part of any remodel, specifically if you're undertaking it on your own, if you're really patient and you feel like you can slow down. And execute the sequential steps necessary to refinish your cabinets yourself, or、uh, engage in small remodels of the kitchen yourself, or even the entire kitchen.、Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to save you a lot of money. And if you're thinking about that, you know, if you're looking at this project down the road, start looking online now at some of those little projects that you're going to be tackling. You know, try to get a handle. On whether you can pull them off or whether you're going to need help to do that, and do all of that right now. Don't wait until you're ready to start the project before you really jump into that learning process. That's important. And another key thing that you mentioned, Andy, is the patience of it. There's so much time involved when we're doing something that we haven't done before. You know, experts come in. I mean, that's that's so basic, but we don't always think about it. I don't always think about it. Experts come in and fly through a part of a project. You know, they they do it all the time. They've got the tools. I start it. And instead of the three hours that it takes the hired guy to come in and do it, it takes me a week and a half because I've got to amass the tools. There's tools I didn't know I needed, all of that stuff. Just be prepared. That's a big part of this too. You've got to have the patience and the time to allow this space that's a key space in your home to be disrupted. You know, that's a major consideration when you think about doing the work yourself. Right. Absolutely true, Dan. And if you 
are realistic in your assessment of your skills and abilities, that's probably the most important factor in undertaking a self-managed and executed renovation or hiring it out. And there is a hybrid model, of course. Many people feel very comfortable with painting or refinishing, mm-hmm. I think because it's an easier piece to digest. And what it involves is utilizing materials and components you have now. So entering into sort of areas where in your kitchen you can save money if you're thinking about a smaller scale renovation or a shorter term renovation, let's say you really care aesthetically to update your kitchen because you maybe aren't a fan of how it looks now, and you plan to possibly sell your home, Mm -hmm. you know, while the market's still hot, specifically here in West Michigan. Right. But um, then you might want to look at the lower hanging fruit. Aesthetically speaking, uh, refinishing or painting cabinets, uh, which you can embark upon yourself, Mm -hmm. is a relatively easier way but with the caveat that you do have to be patient, and it's very important to consult a painting professional, maybe at your local Repcolite store, um, that will help you understand the steps and what it takes to like remove everything, prep everything. Right. You can also, as you said, and I think it's extremely invaluable, I find myself falling down Instagram reels, rabbit holes, to watch the process. So many professionals, really high-quality, competent refinishers, remodelers, builders, designers, are posting more and more and adding transparency to the process of what those steps are. So if you're undertaking a cabinet refinish or if you're undertaking a mini kitchen remodel yourself, like you said, do the research and watch people fail and learn from other people's mistakes as much as you watch people successfully. Yes, it's so brilliant. Uh, My son had, now this was a car thing, but it it really makes the same point. He had a tiny little, you know, the car was, had some serious issues, but the fix was really simple. We we troubleshot it, figured it out on YouTube. This is the problem. It's a $20 part. I mean, this is so exciting. We're going to get this thing fixed on our own. And like you said, we're watching some experts go through it and we realized, okay, this tiny little $20 part is going to take us hours and hours and hours to get at it's not worth it. We watched people struggle through it, saw what it was, you know, the whole process looked like and decided we're going to pay that one and have somebody come in and do that for us. And that's what you can do with these projects involved in a kitchen remodel or really any remodel or anything around the house. Look online, use the resources that are out there, look into it early, figure out if the projects are in your wheelhouse and just make some good decisions. Assess your skill set honestly and just working from that knowledge, make good decisions moving forward. Now, Andy, we're already hitting the end of this um, segment. We're going to take a break right now, and then we'll just keep going with the conversation on the other side. Can you wait with me? Absolutely. All right, we'll be back in just a minute with Andy Yates from Andy Yates Design, talking about kitchen updates and trying to do it as economically as possible. That's all next. Stick around. And we're back. You're listening to the Repcolite Home Improvement Show, sponsored by Benjamin Moore. I'm Dan Hansen. I'm in the studio with Andy Yates from Andy Yates Design, and we're talking about kitchen updates. Andy, we kind of, I, I threw the question at you, the idea, the concept that I wanted you to talk to people, talk to me about how I can update my kitchen, get the best bang for my buck, you know, turn it around, make it do what I need it to do, make it look the way I want it to look as much as I can, but do all of that as economically as possible. I mean, it's the the, the ideal dream. 
I want it to be exactly what I want, but I want it to be almost free. Now, I know that that's not possible. I know there are things that I'm going to have in, have to invest in. We talked about the beginning stages of this. You know, how do you approach it? You talked about there's 50% of your money goes into the materials and stuff. Or is that the percentage you gave? Yeah, roughly, roughly. 50-50 materials to labor. To labor. And we talked about labor. Labor is a great way to cut corners a little bit to save some money, let's say. And you brought up the the two obvious ones, painting the walls in there. If, if it's aesthetic that you're trying to change, you want, you know, really update that color. Painting is something that almost all of us can jump in and tackle. I mean, that's especially when we're talking painting the walls. Really straightforward, great bang for your buck. And doing cabinets. Cabinets is a process or a project. Painting those cabinets, something that anybody can do. And yes, there are skills involved and you need to know certain things. All the prep work, all of those things, blah, blah, blah. We talked about that. Where would you go from here? We've covered that part of things. What's next on your list of how we save money? So if you're ready to tackle a kitchen remodel on your own or potentially parse it out uh, with a mix of hired skilled labor and DIY Mm -hmm. gumption, uh, you still would want to develop a really good plan, right? And so before you tackle those items that you feel you can undertake and maybe hire out the rest, you really want to look at how your kitchen is laid out, how it functions, where everything is placed, and if it's going to stay. So the easier solution to updating a kitchen would be to allow everything to remain where it is, right? If you're not moving appliances, then you're not moving gas lines, electrical, plumbing. You may not have to open up your walls necessarily to uh, integrate new systems with the old. And to be able to move things around costs a lot of money. You're looking at, are there structural implications? Hiring out very skilled trades. Uh, and when it comes to electrical and plumbing and structure, you really want to hire an expert because there are implications about health, safety, and welfare there. But let's say you have your budget. It's uh, a very modest budget, and you're being prudent with that. And you want everything in your kitchen to remain. Finishes are easy, like we said, because if you have the patience and the understanding to refinish cabinets or repaint your walls, uh, there's also the idea of replacing hardware and lighting fixtures, right? So again, we talk about the easier low-hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. If you can remove the hardware from your cabinets, the you know pre-drilled holes that fit that hardware remain. You're ordering hardware the same size, but you're upgrading that, right? Relatively inexpensive, easy and fast. And a huge impact. Huge, yeah. You can change the finish. You can change the style of the hardware. Keep your cabinets, and it transforms the space it, immediately. It sounds crazy. I did the, uh, my kitchen, at one of the old house, painted all the cabinets, went from stained cabinets to kind of an off-white. So that was a big change. I left the hardware just because I thought I had priced out hardware. Hardware was not inexpensive. But on the grand scope of things, it's it's inexpensive. But I thought, I'm going to just live with this old hardware. Well, I couldn't do it. After a week or so, ah, we're just going to get new hardware. I did that. And when I got it all on, I just stood in the kitchen because I had already changed the color of the cabinets. And yet the change by just putting on that new hardware, it was exponential, the difference, even from the painted cabinets. I, I couldn't believe that it was the same kitchen. So hardware is right. a really great way to change a space. Now, did you replace your hardware with the same finish, or did you change different, the finish as different well? Different finish. I went to completely different with the yeah, completely different with the style of that hardware. It fit the holes, 
right. looked completely different. And I could not believe that that little piece on each little door and each little drawer made that much of a difference. Absolutely. And the impact of, you know, we go back to basic art concepts, basic art class, right? And you have those seven principles of design. Well, when we look at things like color and contrast, they're very dramatic. And if you have high contrast, new white cabinets with black hardware, if you have bold color, right, you take your kitchen from maybe an off-white to a red, even in a small area or a bold primary color, that makes a huge impact and it's relatively inexpensive. Mm -hmm. You can also do the same with light fixtures. If you're replacing a flush mount fixture with a junction box uh, with a new fixture, right, you can dramatically change the style, the scale, the shape, and the impact of the space is pretty significant. Um, upgrading your appliances, again, if they're remaining where they are and the size stays the same, uh, maybe you're going from white to stainless steel or you have an amalgamation of mismatched appliances, I would say be very conscious about how you can finance that and shop around during the holiday sales. Also, ask your local appliance dealers if they have samples. There are warehouses that sell uh, gently used appliances, right? There are places where you can buy samples that maybe are a little bit worn. Maybe they have a ding here or there. Mm -hmm. If you're willing to sacrifice the idea of a brand new appliance package, then you can potentially save thousands of dollars on very high quality appliances. And it's another way to immediately update your kitchen, especially with function, because you can have new appliances that are digital, that have many more features. And if your pinch point for your kitchen is that it just doesn't work for you, the refrigerator's never cold enough, the oven never heats correctly, and you've tried repairing and it's just not worth it, look at upgrading your appliances and look to save a lot of money during President's Day, Labor Day, Memorial Day. I feel like every holiday they have a sale. <laughs> um, and also people that are potentially remodeling their kitchens that maybe want to sell like in an estate sale or a fire sale. That's why it's really good to talk to contractors and people you know about this. And then, of course, with your plan intact, doing the research, having that patience again, because if you're waiting for the perfect time to strike and you really want to be able to like get 0% financing for 24 months, you're looking at buying a package, so you save and you, maybe they throw in the dishwasher, you can literally save thousands of dollars on that appliance package if you just shop really smartly and at the right time. No, I think that's brilliant. Andy, we're going to pause right now again. Take a break. If you can wait with us, our East Side listeners, you're going to get a Repco Light Rewind. And West Side listeners, you're going to get news and weather at the bottom of the hour. When we all get back together, we'll still be in the studio with Andy Yates from Andy Yates Design talking about kitchen remodels and how to do them as economically as possible. That's all just ahead. Stick around. And we're back. You're listening to the Repcolite Home Improvement Show, sponsored by Benjamin Moore. And Andy, it really just looks like this is going to be your day. It's just going to be a whole show of Andy talking about kitchen remodels, and that's worth it. That's okay. You're dishing out good stuff, and a kitchen, major space in the home, and we can really, you know, change how we feel about the home by just updating that kitchen. And we've talked about a number of things, painting walls, painting cabinets. We just talked about appliances and stuff like that, trying to update those, checking out sales, asking about scratch and dent kind of things. If, you know, that will work for you. I know I bought a dryer that way, different thing, but 
The dryer, my dryer, is not standing out as a focal point of my decor. It's kind of tucked away in a corner right next to the washer, and the big scratch on the side doesn't even show. Saved a couple hundred bucks. It was worth it to me. So those are all things. I, I want to keep going with the conversation, but I do want to circle back for a second. We talked about painting cabinets and all of that. Let's talk about colors. You started to get into colors, high contrast, then you talked about bold colors, and that was in regards to the hardware we're putting on and how that plays with the color of the cabinets. When we're talking about a cabinet repaint, a a key question, I mean, a key part of the whole process is color. Where do I go? What what do you think about color? I know that that can be varied, but do you have some go-to colors? What do you think about dark, bold colors on cabinets? Is that a wise choice? Let's just talk about that for a minute. You know, Dan, it really harkens back to what we said at the beginning about why you're remodeling your kitchen or why you're refreshing and updating your kitchen. In a resale situation where somebody is maybe making updates to areas of their home they know have really high impact and their focus is kind of uh, more tangential to wanting it to look better, but also understanding it's going to show better and mm-hmm. sell faster, we always go to neutrals, right? There is never going to be a time when uh, Benjamin Moore, Simply White, or Dove White, or one of my personal favorites, Swiss Coffee, is out of style. It's classic, and it's uh, timeless. It reflects light. It feels bright and airy. When we're looking at a kitchen, for example, we want to stay away from colors that are unappetizing. And the color psychology shows that those are colors closer to the cool spectrum. So blues, purples, and blacks are actually built deep into our caveman brain to be unappetizing. And if you think about it, many of the foods that we eat don't fall into that color area of the spectrum. Don't eat a lot of blue things, blueberries, but I can't think of a whole lot of other things. Black things, I choose, well, chocolate, though. Right. But yes, I get what you're right. saying. There's, if I see black and blue on something that's not supposed to be that way, I certainly don't eat it. Exactly. And there are exceptions, <laughs> right, when we think yeah. about like black fruits and berries and eggplants. and yeah. uh, But they tend to be unappetizing. Um, And that's really built into us. So when we look at what colors work in the kitchen, right, we see a lot of red and green. Green, obviously, for vegetation. Um, And red also is a very appetizing color for us. So we do move people in those directions when we're talking about kitchen colors. Not that there's anything wrong with a blue or a black or a purple. Mm -hmm. I think it's about selecting the right colors for you. Um, when we're discussing other areas in the home for color, right, it's, it's again, what is the purpose of the space and what do we know about color psychology that will help facilitate the use of that room? So in the kitchen, I like neutrals mixed in with colors that are appetizing. Um, and then sometimes it's just fun. My kitchen personally is pretty generic. It's a lot of whites and grays. I have a relatively dark charcoal floor. But I painted the ceiling a really bright, sunny yellow. And I just wanted that to reflect in the room. And mm-hmm. it's fun. Um, you know, it's not maybe from a color psychology standpoint, one of those very appetizing colors. Uh, but it's not, you know, it doesn't dissuade you from eating. And I like that yellows are fun. Yeah, I like that, so, too. I, I like that. You know, we get a lot of people who will ask about cabinet colors, wanting to, to make the cabinets dark or bold or whatever, and that can work. It certainly can work. I think you keep in mind, like you talked about, am I moving down the road? Because that's 
not something that everybody's going to just love if you're trying to sell the house. The thing I like to look at with that is just the economy of my time and the investment of my labor. If I'm going to paint those cabinets, sometimes I just think an off-white, you know, something classic, and then I can bring in the color in other ways. I'd rather repaint even the ceiling if I got sick of that yellow up there then I would ha- want to repaint my cabinets. Absolutely. It's a major job to, to update those cabinets, maybe bring those colors in in other spaces. Which is so easy. And if you're looking at the very kind of generic approach to having a kitchen that you like, but that you are thinking about ROI, or you're a little hesitant to go bold, mm-hmm. art, accessories, um, even accent walls, like we've said, or the ceiling, that fifth wall, never yeah. forget that fifth wall. Those are really easy solutions for the challenge of adding a brighter, bolder color or experimenting with color. Have fun with it. Absolutely. Um, you can you can remove some cabinet doors, right, and create open shelving if you would like, make the space feel open and more bright. And then that's where you could maybe place a collection of, you know, your blue glassware or colorful pottery, whatever it is, to bring that into the kitchen without committing to maybe a fire engine red cabinet or... Uh, jet black countertops, right? Something that you're interested in, but a little hesitant. Mm-hmm. And no, I think those things can look great in pictures. When we flip through a magazine, it's like, wow, that's so interesting and so cool. But to live with that on a daily basis is different than just scanning in it, scanning it in a magazine. Right. All Very right. editorial in nature, but not practical in real life. Exactly. So we talked about colors. We talked about a lot of stuff. What else would you think about our key considerations when remodeling a kitchen and trying to do it as economically as possible. So mentioning countertops, which we haven't yet, it's a very large investment in your kitchen if you have a lot of square footage covered by those countertops and you would like a high-end material. Where you can save money there is really looking at a lower square footage price point for something like a laminate, which is great. Laminates look like everything under the sun. There are wood looks, stone looks, uh, you know, different kind of artistic looks, patterns and prints that you just can't find in natural stones or quartz. Then you can look at um, maybe replacing part of your kitchen countertops. So if you have an island or a peninsula, a place where it might be easy to replace a small part of that countertop with something like quartz or stone, then you can create that impact, but on a budget, right? And there's also ways to, again, value engineer that so you're looking for those sales on on closeouts or overstocks um, of stones. And looking again to see if you're financing that where you can save and borrow, you know, borrowing other people's money for free, right? If there are financing options for you. And go to your local uh, stone fabricators because they are the individuals that will actually sell you those stones and see if they have remnants, which for your specific kitchen, if you have the space and the sizing that works with remnants, Mm -hmm. that could be a fantastic way to save money. Oftentimes people think of those in maybe a bathroom or a powder room where you only need like a 60 inch piece for a vanity or a 30 inch piece for a vanity. But there are ways to utilize that in your kitchen and you can mix and match too. Your perimeter countertops don't have to match your island. So if you're willing, again, to have patience and to do the research, you can end up saving thousands of dollars there as opposed to having to have everything brand new but sacrificing what you really want if you're not happy with 
a laminate or a more budget-friendly basic stone. Mm -hmm. So you're mixing, or at least you're talking about the idea of mixing, I, I, maybe I put a granite or something, quartz, on an island. Laminate, potentially, to save some money around the perimeter. You're okay with that? Yeah, absolutely. What, how, I certainly wouldn't want to pick a laminate that looks like, tries to look like, whatever the other material is, I would assume. Right, because it's not going to look agree. real, and then you're going to have that going on. What would you do? How would you mess around with that? How? What would you come up with texture-wise? It's hard to do on the radio. I know. Well, I think again, you're you're absolutely correct in saying that you don't want it to look like. I always use the phrase a swing and a miss, right? Like, oh, we replaced our island countertop. We wanted it to look like the marble we have on the perimeter, for example. So you, but then trying to budget engineer that and finding a laminate that looks like marble. It can be a real mistake. I would say try to avoid that. It, you know, swing the pendulum in the opposite direction. Look for something again that has a, a contrast. So maybe you're looking at a, a laminate that, that appears to look like wood because a butcher block island could be very expensive and out of your budget. However, you can find countertops and large pieces of laminate Nated uh, MDF or um, other materials, substrates, those are easy to find. And then you think about contrast with pattern and texture and material, right? So a dark island, a light perimeter, or vice versa, uh, you know, a wood look or actual wood base in your island versus maybe stone for the perimeter. The same with your cabinets. If you don't want to undertake refinishing everything, potentially you only refinish the wall cabinets, right? And even to that extent, we didn't talk about it. But that mixing of materials, it can look great. This is where I might advocate for hiring a designer or working maybe with someone who has a great design eye that can help you, again, like aggregate all of those materials together, review them in their totality, and help you understand what might work and what might not for you. Right. We can help with some of that in our stores. Uh, by all means, we've got people can help with color all the time. We've also got contacts with all kinds of interior designers in the area around each of our stores. And Andy, at the end, will give out your contact info. So yes, by all means, reach out to an expert if you're starting to push the boundaries of where you're comfortable. You want the work that you put in and the money that you invest to pay off and not be a swing and a miss. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And then we're going to come back and catch one last segment and hit everything that we haven't gotten to yet. Andy, can you wait with me? I'm assuming. I'm not even asking. I'm assuming. You're going to wait with me. All right. We'll be back in just a minute. Stay tuned. And we're back. You're listening to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, sponsored by Benjamin Moore. And it's been a whole episode of talking about a kitchen remodel and trying to do that economically. A lot of great information. I'm in the studio with Andy Yates from Andy Yates Design. And if you missed any of the rest of the show, you're going to want to go to RepcoLite.com and check out the whole thing right there after, after we go off the air today. You'll find it there and catch everything that Andy's been dishing out because it's been good stuff. And Andy, we've gone through a whole bunch of stuff. We've covered appliances and painting cabinets and colors that you'd recommend and maybe changing the lighting, changing the hardware on your cabinets, a lot of different things. What's left that we need to consider? I'm certainly thinking floors. Yes, floors in the kitchen would be a very important part of the space. And if in your remodel or your light refresh, you're willing to tackle the floor project, I would 
hesitate to um, advise anyone to enter into that lightly, right? So your floor is so very important to the space. And again, like changing the ceiling as a plane, it can make a dramatic difference with a pattern tile or a texture or a color. However, you're not constantly walking on your ceiling or your walls, potentially not dropping items. You don't have dogs and kids running through. So there really needs to be a durability component to any flooring. And it's also very important to understand how your flooring was initially installed. Because if you are not going to undertake removing cabinets and appliances, if you're leaving everything where it is, let's assume the floor is going to be left where it is as well. Uh, if you would like to ha grab a jackhammer and a crowbar uh, and remove the existing tile and the mortar bed and then you know, clean and sand and scrape the subfloor to place a new floor down. That's a lot of work. You're it's fun get... work. It's fun work. It can be fun. Absolutely. <laughs> and most of the time it's terrible, but a ton of work. Absolutely. Right. Ton of work. And so if you have one of those hard surfaces that are laid down that are going to be really difficult to remove, I would suggest, again, maybe consulting a professional here or trying to work with what you have, right? If it's a, an older sheet, sheeting type of floor, like a vinyl mm -hmm. or a linoleum, again, that will probably just peel up pretty easily because it was glued down. And again, you've done the research, you've watched the TikTok videos, you're willing to undertake that. That is a little bit easier, right? And if you remove that and uh, want to replace it with a tile, like a, a an expensive porcelain, um, which would be a great format, many, many colors, textures, fun patterns, and field sizes, you know, then you're going to be able to do that more easily than if you were removing, you know, a hard surface floor. Um, you want to think about something that's really durable, like stone and, and tile. Um, porcelain is easy. It's relatively inexpensive, and it can make a big difference in your flooring. How do you feel about uh, some of the luxury vinyl plank stuff? I know we're talking, you know, we're talking economics here. We're trying to be economical. Those are easy to install. How do you right. feel about some of those materials? I love them. I think if you're not willing to invest in tile, and again, some people aren't a fan, it's harder underfoot, it can be colder. Looking at any manner of, like we had mentioned, hom homogeneous, like sheeting floor that is one continuous sheet that you glue down, but you mm -hmm. cut it around your cabinets and your fixtures is great. And where those vinyls and those laminates have progressed now. They've evolved so much in the last 20 years. The technology is fantastic. The durability and the look that they can achieve for the budget, it's amazing. I, I undertook a very similar renovation for my mother-in-law's kitchen. She's 92 now. Uh, she renovated that kitchen maybe 40, 35 years ago. Mm -hmm. And a few years ago, she wanted a refresh. And we did exactly what we're talking about, Dan. I removed the laminate countertops and gave her a solid surface. We would think about maybe Corian as the brand name for that. Uh, what I love about that, it was relatively inexpensive, and you're able to integrate a sink so that there's no lip. Yep. And we 
pulled up her old, dated, but well-loved laminate, and we replaced it with a sheet floor. But this one looks more like tile, so it gave her a dramatically different look. Very durable, very easy to clean. Uh, we replaced the cabinet hardware. We pulled off the wallpaper and put new, fresh, white wallpaper on the walls. Again, these were relatively easy changes, but it made a huge impact in the kitchen. And so if you're willing to tackle the floor, just know what you have. Again, know the limits of your skill set and understand what you're getting into. But those laminate and vinyl products are great. Right. And ask your questions when you talked about durability. There's so many different levels of you know everything for the most part. When we're talking about you know vinyl planking or you know sheet good vinyl flooring, things like that, you can get a very inexpensive price point, but there's a reason it's a very low price point. And the durability, the wear layers, all of those things may not be suitable for your particular use. So don't just price shop, dig into it, because if you're going to spend X amount of money, maybe X amount of money plus 200 bucks or plus 500 bucks is going to get you more where you want to be. And it's not worth spending that little bit and then coming up short on durability issues on a floor. That's going to be a real pain. Andy, we probably have maybe two minutes left, something like that. Anything else? With kitchens specifically, because they are so important to how our home functions, and they are very potentially expensive spaces, um, I would just caution everyone to understand that it's perfectly legitimate to want to DIY a kitchen remodel. To make those upgrades that are relatively easy and relatively inexpensive, it can dramatically transform the space. And I would not hesitate to implore anyone who feels like they want to tackle it to do so. I do caution anyone um, against jumping in blind, right? We don't want to go in head first into what could potentially be a very complicated process. And when you're looking at a kitchen remodel, it's important to understand there's water involved, there's electricity, there are a lot of health and safety issues, mm -hmm. and you want to be cognizant of that before you start to open up walls or replace plumbing fixtures, right? Water is the enemy of all buildings. So if you feel like, I'm just going to swap out this old, crappy stainless steel sink and faucet for a new one I found at a great deal at a big box store, but I don't want to hire a plumber to make the connections, well, just be very aware that um, that could potentially lead to a much larger, much more expensive issue if you're not fully aware of it what you're doing. It is so surprising <laughs> how something that seems like such a small plumbing job can turn into something that's a real pain in the neck. I have spent way too many hours on Saturday afternoons just swapping out something simple and finding that things didn't go quite like I thought they were going to go. Anyway, Andy, why don't we give out your contact info if our listeners want to reach out, get in touch, maybe bring you in for any project in their home or business. How do they get in touch with you? My website is andyatesdesign.com, and I am based in West Michigan, but I work all over the Midwest and all over the country. So if anyone out there listening is interested, they can find more information there or reach out at 616-287-3871. And I would be more than happy to help anyone with a, a budget-friendly job, how to direct them to the right professionals to consult, or even other designers and other professionals I know who have you know, designer-for-a-day packages or consultations, as I do, flat-fee consultations. These are great ways to be able to have an expert weigh in on your DIY project without the deep investment of a full-scale design uh, package. Perfect. Andy, thanks for being here today. Thank you very much, Dan. 
And that's going to do it. That's all the time we've got. We're going to wrap it up. If you want to catch this one again, you can find it online at RepcoLite.com. Whatever you do today makes your paints a part of it. The RepcoLite stores are all open, waiting to help. I'm Dan Hansen. Thanks for listening.